Let's pray. Oh God, your saving power sustains us in the dark nights of our lives. Your holy word guides us to restore our hope, our faith, our discipleship. So now open our hearts and minds to the presence of your spirit so that as your word is read and proclaimed, your light may lead us to new life with you. Amen. Our scripture reading from the third chapter of John's Gospel tells a story involving just two characters, Jesus Christ and a man named Nicodemus. Listen now for God's word for us in the third chapter of the Gospel of John. Now there was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a leader of the Jews. He came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do apart from the presence of God. Jesus answered him, Very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God without having been born from above. Nicodemus said to him, How can anyone be born after having grown old? Can one enter a second time into the mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. What is born of flesh is flesh, and what is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not be astonished that I said to you, you must be born from above. The wind blows where it chooses, and you hear the sound of it, but... You do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered him, Are you a teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Very truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know and testify to what we have seen. Yet you do not receive our testimony." If I had told you about earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except the one who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but may have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. O oh Lord, may my words and may our thoughts be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. When I was seven years old, a dear old lady asked me a question and I answered with a blunt truth that only a child or a drunk can get away with. <laughs> she asked, Paul Jr., are you ready to move off from here and leave me? And I said, yes, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> I had thoroughly enjoyed living in the little town of Climax, Georgia, a town with one red light 
one policeman, one bank, one grocery store, where well, you get the idea. But we had three churches. <laughs> of course, we didn't have enough children to have three Bible schools, so we, we all did that together. I knew about RAs and all this other stuff, even though I was a little Presbyterian. Well, royal ambassadors for those that didn't grow up Baptist. Well, I enjoyed going to that first grade. It was a school where there was first graders in the first room on the right, and the, the next two grades were in the next room on the right, and then the fourth grade was in the third room, and, and so on. And to go to high school, you had to go down a different hallway. But every, most of that first year of school, they didn't have a lunchroom, so, you know, came lunchtime, I walked home, had my lunch with my family, and then I walked back. You talk about trust. <laughs> I knew you were supposed to go back, so I did. Well, I liked our neighbor lady. But I was eager to move to that big town of Douglas, about the size of Smithfield. You see, my father was a minister, and he'd gone over and preached a week of revival services at First Presbyterian Church of Douglas, Georgia. He felt called to be the minister there, and he... He told our family all about what a wonderful place it was we were going to move to. He even told me that the family he had stayed with during that week, the Pattersons, they had a little boy my age named Cam for Cameron. And that little boy Cam was one of my best friends for the next five years. So when that dear Miss Trulock asked if I was ready to leave her and start over in a brand new place, I knew the answer. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> but when Jesus told Nicodemus, very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. Nicodemus was not interested in being born again, born from above, or any other kind of starting over. You see, Nicodemus, he was a Pharisee. He was a leader of the Jews. Nicodemus had arrived. He had already had the order of the longleaf pine. He was in who's who, and you know he he had it made in the shade. You might say, why would he be interested in starting over from scratch? But that's exactly what Jesus told him he needed to do. Now, have you ever wanted to start over? You ever got to the point where things got so bad, so hard, so complicated, so entangled that you long to start over, to go back and begin again? Well, the Bible has a number of uh, reassuring affirmations about such new beginnings, fresh starts. For example, to the church in Corinth, the Apostle Paul declared that if anyone is in Christ, there's a new Creation, everything old has passed away. See, everything has become new. Now sometimes, sometimes we may think we're just a little too old to go fold our tents and begin anew in a whole new place. And with good reason. I have known, and maybe you have too, known people that moved or they were tired. They moved off to a place. They didn't have any friends. They didn't have any family. They didn't know anything about it. They just saw the brochures and thought, well, hey, and they weren't so happy, at least the ones I'm not happy. It's one thing to make such a move in your youth. 
But there's just think about the faith it took for Abraham, not to mention Sarah, his wife. He was already an old man. She was already an old lady when the Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make of you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I'll bless those who bless you and the ones who curse you, I will curse. And in all, in you, all the families of earth shall be blessed. So Abram went as the Lord had told him. That took faith. Well, sometimes, sometimes we fear the new despite our current miseries, you know? We cling to the known nightmare for fear of that unknown paradise, that unknown dream. Through the prophet Isaiah, God spoke to that feeling when Isaiah wrote, do not remember the former things or consider the things of old. I'm about to do a new thing now. It springs forth. Do you not perceive it? Well, in Ephesians, Paul challenges us to forsake our old ways so that we may become the people God calls us to be, saying, change the former way of life that was part of the person you once were, corrupted by deceitful desire. Instead, renew the thinking in your mind by the Spirit and clothe yourself with a new person created according to God's image and justice and true holiness. Well, the third chapter of John does not tell us that Nicodemus accepted Jesus Christ as the Messiah, his Lord, his Savior. But Nicodemus appears twice more in John's Gospel. When some of Jesus' teachings were reported to the chief priests and the Pharisees, and there was a big discussion about arresting Jesus. Nicodemus spoke up. And there's so many times, isn't that hard to do, to speak up? He spoke up and said, Our law does not judge people without first giving them a hearing to find out what they're doing. Does it? And the chief priest and the Pharisees replied, Surely you're not also from Galilee, are you? Search and you will see that no prophet has arisen from Galilee. They judged him by where he was from. And then in the 19th chapter of John, we read that when Jesus' dead body was taken to the tomb, Nicodemus shows up with a hundred pounds of myrrh and aloes for use in preparing Jesus' body for entombment. Do you remember this question my sermon title asked? Why, why would we want to start over? Why would I want to start over? Well, because we're broken in places that on our own we cannot reach, we cannot fix. Because we hunger for the bread of life, we thirst for the living water. Because we've been blinded by things that dazzled and distracted us. And we long for what is substantial and true. Because we're lost and we want to be found. John does not tell us that Nicodemus accepted Jesus as Messiah, as Savior, as Lord. But if you think about it, 
that dark night when Nicodemus went to visit Jesus, there were only two people there, Jesus and Nicodemus. So you know, it had to be Nicodemus who later told John the precious words of gospel good news that Jesus had spoken to him that dark night. For God so loved the world, he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but may have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world, condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. That's the gospel good news. Thanks be, thanks be to God. Go out in faith, trusting in God's sense of direction. Remember how much God loves this world. Then love the world in the name of Christ so that your testimony becomes the good news someone is waiting to hear. As you go out and come in, may God keep you by day and by night. May Christ encompass you with love and may the Holy Spirit empower you with a new life now and forevermore.